0: Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. Do you know what your custom installation company is worth? If you don't, you're not alone. Most integrators never think about developing an exit strategy. They just fold up the company when they're ready. But why not get a payout for all your hard work over the years? In this week's podcast, CE Pro Editor Jason Knott talks with Ron Davis of Graybeards Are Us, one of the security industry's biggest brokers of M&A activity. Davis outlines the latest multiples being paid for RMR as well as cash flow. Plus, he reveals it's never too late to start planning, for your exit strategy, what you should be doing to maximize payment for your reputation, inventory, real estate, and more. Hi, Jason Knott with CE Pro, and I am honored today to be having a great conversation with an icon in the security industry, Ron Davis of Greybeards R Us. And we're talking about valuation in the custom electronics industry. Hi, Ron. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Uh, Jason, it is so good to be with you, even if it is at a distance on a Zoom call. Uh, For the audience, Jason and I almost started at the same time in the industry. And our paths have crossed off and on continuously. And as a result, we've developed a warm and, and great friendship and a wonderful relationship. Thanks for that great intro, Jason. Yeah, how is it
0: that you have an age and I have over these 30 years? Yeah, tell I don't the top understand of my head that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's jump right into it. So, for those not familiar in the custom industry, tell us about Greybeard's RS.
1: Well, the uh, first of all, I've been in the industry for actually about 50 years. Uh, start, yeah, I started when I was a teenager, not likely, uh, started when, uh, I was probably in my late twenties, early thirties, and I was a, uh, actually a motivational speaker. I had worked with the radio commentator Earl Nightingale and he trained me and I went out and did some things. And one of them was to talk to a convention of alarm people. And afterwards, some people came up and said, gee, you ought to go into the security industry or the alarm industry. And little by little, I started doing work in, in that industry. I was invited back to speak to several of the larger trade associations. And before I knew it, my full time job was working in the industry. I started two companies in the industry, one called Security Alliance. It was the first franchise network uh, in the alarm industry. And that evolved into what became the largest dealer network uh, in the industry called Security Associates. And uh, it's about 5,000 dealers. And we uh, had 15 wholesale monitoring central stations. And it became a big thing. And uh, I had always been fascinated with the process of brokering or buying and selling companies and uh, I started to think about putting together a business that would allow me to do just that. Little did I know that it was going to provide great uh, satisfaction and enjoyment. The company is now 22 years old. Uh, Within the alarm industry, I would think we're probably recognized as the largest, if not the best uh, broker in the industry. The name Great Beards, I was doing a seminar for the Central Station Electrical Protection Association, was one of the biggest and most uh, prestigious associations in this industry. And I called for a group of really top-notch executives who uh, joined me in this seminar. And it was Uh, the A to Z of how to run a business in six hours. And (laughs) all of the people that were in that group were actually of my generation, uh, uh, some a little bit younger, some a little bit older. And um, as we were preparing for the program, uh, the producer of the show said, "Uh, we need to have a name for your group. Let's, Let's come up with a name. And uh, the first name I came up with, I can't repeat live on this, but the second name I came up with uh, was Greybirds. Just call us the Greybirds. We're all over uh, age uh, 25 and uh, some of us even look at it.
0: Well, that's a, that's a great story. I didn't know the origin of that. So um, let's talk about uh, what we're here to, to really focus on, and that's the, the merger and acquisition activity and company valuation. So you've been doing this for such a long time. Um, what are some of the elements that help determine the value of an integration company?
1: Well, and how this came together actually was uh, in a conversation that Jason and I had some time back about how so many of the integrators that are, are part of your side of the industry, the installation industry, are losing out on the benefit of, of developing an exit strategy developing a plan for when the time comes and you don't want to or do, can't run uh, your business and so much of what i've seen in the ind- in your industry is that when people get out of the business too often they just kind of fold up their business and don't talk about or, or look for gaining any value. Some of the values that are there to be gained could be uh, not just the reputation, but the image that you have in the community. Another value is the fact that you have customer base or a customer base, and perhaps another company could take advantage of all of the hard work that you put into in building the company. Uh, If that happens, then you have uh, not just benefited from the company over all the years you've run it, at the very end, there's going to be a paycheck for you of some amount of money. Now, the way to maximize the value of your company is to plan for it from day one. Some of you, or the most of you, are already in the business, and you can't go back to day one, but... Let's assume that today is, is the first day of your business and you're looking to exit the company at some point in the future. Maybe you know when, maybe you don't. Maybe it's uh, when you reach a certain age or when you have a certain amount of wealth in the bank. The reason is unimportant. The, the important part is to come up with a method of valuing your company so that you maximize what comes to you in the sale of a company. Now, in the alarm industry, uh, typically uh, accounts pay uh, a monitoring fee and sometimes a service fee. Putting together this plan for exiting is a little more complicated than it sounds, although what I'm about to tell you in the next few minutes can be the essence of what you put together. First of all, you have to look at the sources of revenue that you have. For many of you, you have custom installations And I've asked many home entertainment dealers um, if they have service contracts. And they just kind of look at me and say, uh, what is a service contract? Well, just like it sounds, it's a contract between you and the homeowner to provide a set amount of service over the period of time that the customer owns what you've done. So let's say you've installed a home house theater, entertainment center, uh, uh, automatic uh, telephones or or lighting or blinds or just about anything else that goes into home automation. And the package price of what you have sold is say $10,000. Well, the service contract usually uh, coincides with a number like 10% of the value of what it is that you have sold. And the guarantee is you provide all service on that system with a yearly uh, uh, service call to review everything you've done and also gives you the opportunity to upgrade the system or sell additional products and services. But anytime something goes wrong or there's a problem, they call you, you make a service call and if you're charging somewhere around 80 or 90 dollars a month for this, that will lead to about a $10,000 system. It's a number that you can set. If you're not comfortable with 80 or 90, maybe 20 or 30 is the right number. But whatever it is that you set as a number, that becomes revenue to you. And when you go to sell the company, the revenue that you have can be multiplied by a number of anywhere from 20 to 40 times. So if you've got a 100000 well, maybe $10,000 in service revenue a month, uh, that could turn out to, to be 40 times that. And that adds up to a whole bunch of dollars that most dealers or most installers don't really think they were ever going to get. Now, there are two ways that the financial market will value your company. One is called the recurring monthly revenue multiple. I take a little pride in the fact that I am generally considered the person who developed that phrase, recurring monthly revenue, in the alarm industry, which proves how bright I was. Now, to prove how stupid I was, I never copyrighted it, and everybody in the alarm industry uses RMR as a uh, method of evaluating a company. So typically when an alarm company sells, they sell for a multiple of RMR. There's a lot of ways that it can be configured, but basically that multiple is what it con- what you get as a selling price. Another way of looking at it, and particularly for integrators to view, uh, view the value of their company, is to take a multiple of cash flow and that's generally covered under the phrase earnings before interest taxes depreciation and amortization. In other words all of the non-cash items that appear on your balance sheet come under the heading of EBITDA and EBITDA is a uh, a phrase that accountants use and financial people use, they understand it, they know exactly what it means, and essentially it is the profitable, including the uh, the profits of the company, including the adbacks. Adbacks are generally things that owners take out themselves and and would have added value if they had been left in, for example, let's say you uh, took a, a cruise around Italy and attended a convention of the European uh, home entertainment business. Well, that's a business expense, kind of. You So you kind of uh, feel that you can take that cruise, uh, pay for it out of the company, and uh, nobody's really going to question it too much. Well, that becomes an ad back. So say a cruise is you add that back into the EBITDA number. Don't worry about that now. Just concentrate on building your company um, to the point where you have a good EBITDA that is a profitable business and that you have both EBITDA and ongoing recurring monthly revenue. Now, if you're not in the alarm business, it seems to me that the two businesses always have always been akin to each other. They've kind of run in parallel. And for years, I was in your industry uh, doing seminars on how to build a business or how to sell home entertainment. And I always felt that what was going to happen was that there was going to be a merger between the two industries and assimilation of one industry into the other. Security being one industry, home entertainment being the other. And it really does fit because they all require, in, or they both require installation and service. They are both integral to uh, either the pleasure or the safety of the homeowner. And they both can be easily purchased from the same source uh, and under the same installation. The issue that you're going to be faced with is um how soon are you going to do some of these things how soon are you going to look at the alarm industry as soon as you do are are you prepared to make a decision on the type of products for example the controller of a system the kind of peripherals you're going to use all all of the issues in putting together that package that you will have in your industry again or in your business again is relative to both the alarm business as well as the security business. They're very similar. Uh, The alarm business requires some licensing in many states, some states none at all. Central station monitoring is easily available on a contracted basis. There are probably several hundred, if not more, Uh, central monitoring stations that do wholesale monitoring for you. You can come in with one account or a thousand accounts or 10,000 accounts. Also, at some point when you have an abundance of cash, you might look to purchase a small alarm company in your community and combine the two assets and build them concurrently. And that's a pretty good way to become a Active in both the alarm business and the home entertainment business. When, when you when you think of combining the two, think of it as a business that is going to have your retirement fund at the end, and everything that you do carries the the monitoring or servicing. A component in such a way that it will add value to the end result. So when you go to sell your business, you will have an RMR component, you'll have servicing uh, department that will be profitable, you'll be able to sell your inventory, you'll be able to sell uh, your goodwill and the reputation uh, that's been built in the industry, and believe me, there are going to be a lot of businesses and industries that are going to want to have companies such as yours because the home will still and always will be the, the, uh, the component of business that adds considerable value. You have office buildings, you have retail stores, and then you have a larger than, than both of those put together, the home market. Whether it's an apartment, a condominium, or a single family dwelling, almost as unimportant, unimportant. And you will be able to put in such a system as to uh, benefit both your customers and yourself.
0: So um, you mentioned the the multiple for RMR, is there a a multiple for EBITDA?
1: There is a multiple for EBITDA, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, Typically the multiple for EBITDA is between four and seven times. And if you start looking at the profitability, which should be somewhere around 10% of all the revenue that you generate, should be profits, and if that's true and you generate a million dollars that's a hundred thousand dollars in EBITDA and if you multiply that say by five uh, all of a sudden your your uh, business is worth a half a million dollars plus yeah. accounts receivable plus money in the bank.
0: One other element that's common in, in the custom electronics industry is showrooms. And they have these showrooms that they've built for demos. Do you recommend that there be a real estate component added into their exit strategy?
1: When you say a real estate component, uh, kind of amplifying Many that. Many of them
0: uh, are choosing to recognize that instead of leasing a building and having their showroom in, the, in there, that they're go, they go ahead and, and purchase an actual showroom. And then at their exit strategy, at the time of their exit strategy, they not only have the RMR and the EBITDA multiples, but they also have a real estate asset that's sellable with the business.
1: The reason I'm hesitating to answer that, Jason, is because some people get very fortunate with real estate, but there's a whole bunch of people out there that don't know the first thing about it. And uh, buy high and sell low. So if you're comfortable that you know real estate or understand it, or you're comfortable that you have somebody uh, on your team that does know that, you could certainly add real estate as a component. And that would be something that is sellable at the end. If you have a lease and the buyer wants to buy the company with the lease, that's fine. If they want to move it into another facility, you'll be okay with that too.
0: So we've seen recently some sporadic uh, activity, you know, Bravis on a national basis and Guitar Center, both companies that have purchased custom electronics companies in the past several years. Where do you see the activity going forward? in this space? Is it, is it a prime time or is it is there a lull? Is there money on the table? What's going on up there?
1: Hey boy, that's a great question. And the answer to it is I see a, uh, a, a medium evolution, not a slow evolution or a fast one, but a progression as things change. One of the things that's changing in the alarm business is the amount of licensures that are needed. The answer to your question is it's there is no driving component pushing the two elements together, and I think what you do in your publication and what Scott Goldfine does in his public or the publication that he's he runs, is need to start focusing on the expanded version of existing alarm companies or the expanded version of existing home automation or home entertainment companies. In other words, both industries need to be aware of each the other and need to see the opportunity going forward. So do you see then
0: the opportunities coming up maybe on that regional basis, as you mentioned earlier, where maybe a a local custom integration company can acquire an alarm company and vice versa, an alarm company might come in with a custom installation company versus some sort of national roll-up plan?
1: I think it's going to be a unit by unit acquisition or merger type thing. I think there will probably be several roll-up attempts. But I I think in, in your industry, and you would know more about this than me, Jason, there have been roll-ups started w- using home entertainment as, as the basis for it. And I don't think they've done very well. I think they don't take into account regional differences, uh, uh, the regional approaches to uh, home entertainment programming and so forth. So for some reason, they have not worked. But on a local basis, they work wonderfully.
0: Well, one last question, Ron, let me jump on this. What's that? What's the one or two key pieces of advice that you would give to an integrator right now that he should do in his business to to start boosting the value?
1: Call a local alarm dealer and uh, tell them you're interested in an alarm system, either for your store or for your home. And see what it is they do and how they sell. If you're comfortable with it, see if there is an opportunity to joint venture. They promote uh, your products to their customers and you promote the alarm products to your, uh, to your customers. See if there's some synergy there. If there is, it might be a possibility to learn very easily and without much obligation about both sides of the industry. That's what's going to happen in the future. You might as well be a part of it.